Here we uncover the traditions that are working for successful parents. For the parents who are ready to do things differently but aren't sure how, go to wandahoward.com and download my free blueprint. It will help you create the difference you've been looking for and enable your kids to be emotionally healthy and confident throughout their lives. Now is the time to start doing things differently. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I am your host, Wanda Howard, and today I have with me my daughter, Emery. Say hi, Ems. Hi, Ems. <laughs> and we are starting something new. So she is going to be here with me every episode now. Um, it's been really, really exciting to see her entrepreneurial journey continue to go forward and the more questions she has. And I'm really grateful for the life that we have created where she's able to do this and that we're able to do this together. And I love having her in conversations. I love the things that she has and the insights that she has. So we thought this would be fun to just join our two podcasts together. And we're going to start interviewing people together and coming up with insights. And it's already (laughs) proving to be more exciting because here she is. For those who can't see me mouthing everything I'm saying. (laughs) That's why I laughed in the introduction. <laughs> I was dropping her, and then she gave me this uh, space of a pleasant look. <laughs> so, last episode, we I had on Andrea Epilato, and she talked all about baby feeding. And so, if you have questions about baby feeding, whether you're nursing or breast or um, <laughs> formula feeding, or maybe your kid has different restrictions. She has an amazing program for, or holy cow, if I can talk right, maybe your child has food restrictions and she has a program that helps you know how to be able to help your kid and feel good about it and to still have that bonding effect. Because so many people think that if you don't feed them a certain way, you'll have less of a bond. And that's just not true. So go check that out if you have more questions there. But today, what I wanted to focus on is in the parenting world, when you become a parent, it's hard enough. And then there's a whole bunch of stigmas that come with it. And everybody is doing things differently. And it's really frowned upon, which is so sad for parents to just say when they're struggling. They're often met with things like, um, oh, we'll just enjoy this time and you'll miss it when it's over. Or if you do take care of yourself. If you take a nap and you have young toddlers, there's, you're afraid to even say that like, Oh, I had a nap today, just a normal passing conversation because some people will be like, how did you do that? Like, don't you know that something bad could happen to your child or, or they, you know, there's just so many things about when you become a parent, you're no longer, it's no longer acceptable to be a person almost because you need to be better than that. So I was going to share one of the times where I faced uh, a stigma that was really hard and it was actually with Emery when she was a baby. (laughs) And so I'll share that. And then she is also going to share one of the stigmas that she has been facing too as a kid and how, if we don't get in front of this race, if we don't get in like aware of what we're doing, that we're going to perpetuate it even further for our kids and for the next generation. So Um, just as you listen to these stories, be aware of where are the pieces in your life that you don't break this, that you instead conform to this idea that as a parent, it's better to just stay silent, to not ruffle any feathers, to just do whatever you're going to do on your own. 
So this was what my experience was. Um, one, there was always the fear of what if people don't think I'm doing a good enough job? What if they throw a tantrum and other people see it? What will they think of me as a mom? And I was dealing with all of those things. Um, then I went to the store and I was tired. I was super pregnant. I was just worn out that day and I had to get to the grocery store. So I was walking through getting groceries. And as I was doing that, then Emery here decided that she wanted a toy or something. And I, I told her, no, we're not getting it. And she screamed like she screamed so loud and she did not stop. And the whole store could hear her. And part of me was like, well, I could leave and go out into the car so I don't have to deal with this right now. And so that I don't have so many eyeballs on me and everybody looking, wondering what's going on. And just that fear of what will people think that I'm hurting my child? And so, um, but then I was like, I can't do that. I have, I literally have to get some of the stuff here. I cannot just walk away. I have to get these things. And so, um, I can, I picked her up, set her in the cart and just let her continue to scream while I walked around. Well, one of the workers came over and she had this really big, a really expensive toy that she was offering to Emery. And she's like, I'm like, it's okay, little girl. You don't need to be sad. And here, I'm sure your mom will get this for you. And when she said that, several things happened. One, I I didn't appreciate that in the middle of what was happening, that she was coming in that way and trying to bribe her to feel okay. Because I could see that she was crying because she needed to cry. She was crying because it is frustrating when you're told no. And she was crying because she was still trying to put together all the pieces of why is the thing she wants out? Like, why would her mom tell her no? And she was just putting it all together in her head and that that was okay. So I was one really frustrated that she didn't see that this little kid that was crying as a good thing. It was, this is wrong and we have to fix this now. But two, it was frustrating because she told her I would do something that put me in another position to say, no, I'm not going to. And I did. I said, no, I'm not going to buy that toy. Like she doesn't need a toy. And the worker turned to me and she just was so furious. And she turned back to Emery and she was like, I am so sorry that you have such a terrible mom. And she walked off. And in that moment, I wanted to burst into tears because I felt like a terrible mom and I was worn out and, but I needed to just keep going. So I, <laughs> I kept going around the store and I just kept getting the things that I needed. And I, I kept running into her and she was telling other people in the store about, Oh, I came across this terrible mean mother. And she, anyways, I, I was so amazed at how much this was super important to her to let everybody know. But also just how sad it was that because I parent differently than what she does or what she felt like a parent should, because I have no idea if she even has kids, that I was immediately a bad person because I didn't explain to her all of my ideology and all the reasons why and everything that I was seeing that my daughter being safe inside of the shopping cart, not able to get hurt. Um, I was a bad parent because she was crying. And so this is one of the stigmas that I've noticed that when kids cry, 
it's seen as the adult responsibility to stop that right away as fast as possible, whatever you can do. When really kids need to process their emotions just like anybody, especially as a kid, because everything's new and everything's a new experience. And one of the things that has helped me do this over and over is being able to realize like, if I am sad, I don't want somebody to come and make it better. I just want a hug or I want space to cry. And that is okay to allow my daughter to have the same courtesy. So that was kind of my experience. And one of my invitation to you is just to think about all of the times where people have uh, said things to you that made you feel inferior for the way you did things or the times that you have stayed silent because you didn't want to express the hard day that you had or the things that you went through because of fear of that rejection or somebody um, reacting that way. And the reason why I want to invite you to do that, because ultimately this person and this interaction, it had no bearing on the rest of my life. I moved on. I was just fine. I, I never have had a altercation because of that experience. My life has carried on. And I think too often as parents, we're so afraid of what others might say. And we're so afraid of that rejection when we're trying so hard that we keep perpetuating that same kind of feeling and just do your best and stay hidden because we're worried about what others might think. And I wanted now Emery to share her story of one of the times where she felt kind of the same stigma of what a kid should do. And we as parents have all of the things of this is how a parent should behave and what a parent should do. But she has had plenty of times where she has felt this is as a kid, I should behave this way and I should do these things, even though it's not necessarily what needs to happen. So go ahead and tell us about your experience. Okay. So first of all, I just have to say, I do not feel like I am being mistreated because I <laughs> get a toy. So thank you for that mother. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so I was playing with this toy. We were visiting again, a toy. <laughs> um, I, we were visiting and it was basically just like throw up a hoop with a string on it to get it onto the stick. And it was actually more challenging than it looks. Uh, but uh, so I was playing with that. And I've got it like four or five times. Um, and I let my uncle do it a few times. And or even asked him to but and I even let my sister do it but then she hadn't been able to get it onto the hoop so my uncle was like okay give her 30 turns I'm like no I don't want to uh until he convinced me that I should still she didn't get it onto the hoop onto the stick so um so he kept telling me Emery, she didn't get it. Give her another turn. And I, I didn't, um, but it was time to go by then. And I was just, I didn't want to do it. I didn't understand why this was a need. I had given her more turns that I, than I even wanted to. Why did I have to give her more, even though 30 was the deal? 30 was like all I agreed to. And basically, I was forced to agree to it anyway. <laughs> and so 
first I want to just share her uncle is very awesome and she has a great relationship with him. And it's not, we're not here to poke at him, but just this idea that, um, I mean, it's right when kids share or when they don't share or when they're doing something, if an adult, an older person sees it as reasonable and understandable that they should act a certain way, or they should be willing to give that up. Um, it's, it's seen as this is the appropriate way to act. Like you should be listening. And it's really sad because if we took that into the adult world, right? If another adult were to say to me, you have to share that car with this friend, like, come on, share your car with your friend at least 20 more times with 30 more times. Come on. You got to share with them. Now (laughs) that wouldn't work. I could continue to say no and still be a respectable human being and still be seen as a good person. But too often our kids are put in situations where the the adults treat them more like it's a, I can't believe you're being so selfish or I can't believe you're being so defiant or arrogant. And why won't you just listen to me when really we're, if we are perpetuating that kind of influence in our kid's life, where if we believe as a superior human, as an older person, however you want to say that, that they need to be doing what we say, then they're going to feel that same insecurity of, I can't say what I really want because what I really want and how I was going to handle the situation is somehow just wrong. And we carry that over into parenthood where we're teaching our kids, don't say what you want. Don't do, like, don't actually say no. And don't say that you're not going to share because if you do that, that's not kind. That's not sharing. That's not right. Like be, be more, be more, be more, be more kind, be more helpful. So Emery, my question for you then is what helped you not walk away from that experience feeling less of a human? Like how did you recover? Cause you're able to talk about it now and you're able to express it to me and to other people. And a lot of people would say that that um, one, you shouldn't. And two, that most kids wouldn't even feel the ability to express that they were put in that situation or have the words to say that that was wrong. So why do you feel like you can say, I didn't like being treated this way. And I know that this isn't the right way to do it either. Okay. First, I want to say, yes, I have no far, hard, harsh feelings. <laughs> against my uncle uh he is he i i love him and he's into engineering just like i do so i actually learned some learned some things from him about engineering when i can (laughs) um and he even 3d printed me a pot (laughs) um yeah you guys do a lot huh yeah yeah it's fun and he got a wonderful wife too (laughs) (laughs) she's my aunt now um, anyway, so, uh, my, what was it? Oh, yeah. Uh, so that is all because I knew I was able to talk with you. Cause like, like as soon as we got in the car, I was, or even before that, I was able to talk with you at least a little bit. And I knew that my home, I wasn't treated that way. So I was able to move on. And yes, it was sad, but I knew I was able to get one of those mid 
probably even make one. So I was like not sad. So yes, I was very, very, very sad about that. Um, but like, um, now I know I won't be treated that way in my family. So no. I don't have to worry about that as much. Like, so, it's just like having <laughs> to share my bear. That doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> so what would have happened if I had asked you then, like, we get in the car and I said, okay, what's going on? And then you started telling me everything that you were going through and what happened. What do you think would have happened if I had said, yeah, Emery, I see what you're saying, but you should listen to your uncle. Then I wouldn't be open with you about things because there would obviously be times before that and you would be, you probably wouldn't even be doing this podcast about not forcing kids or <laughs> things like that, like, because I wouldn't be able to share with you my hard times, even if they're just as simple as not being forced to get share a toy, like. So do you remember if there was anything that I said that specifically helped you? Or was it just the space for you to be able to express yourself? Just the space, yeah. Just the just the knowing that I'll be listened to and that my family won't do that. And I think so often we feel like as parents that we need to fix something, that it's our job to help our kids see the world in a better perspective. Um, but they're pretty dang incredible people. <laughs> They're so capable and their minds are constantly evaluating what's going on around them. And usually in most cases, it really is as simple as just letting them know that their evaluation of the situation makes sense. And if they're wanting more understanding, they will ask. Emery was asking like, why did he do that? And as soon as I threw out some ideas of, well, maybe he did this and maybe he did that. Like she was able to see his point better and be like, okay, I can see and, and move on. But if I had led with that of like, okay, I see that you're frustrated, but let's make sure you understand the other side. All that would have done, just like she said, would have just made her feel more like, oh, I'm sorry. I even brought up what I was feeling and thinking, right? And another hard thing about that, too, is not only my uncle, but he was ganging up with my sister. And I I have always been a protective sister about my siblings. And so, like, the force of my sister also, like, she's just seven. Um, The time she was, it, it was, like, I'm not mad at her now, like, but it was just, hard for me and I like my sister ganging up with someone else it was like even more frustrating because like I said I'm a protective sister (laughs) yeah so you wanted it was frustrating because they the situation made you feel like you weren't being seen with how much of a desire you actually do have to share and help and nurture your younger siblings right Because when you did a little bit, it wasn't enough, right? And so that's a great point when too often with either our interactions with kids or our interactions with adults, with people, when 
we, um, maybe we go and visit somebody, visit our neighbor. And then a few days later, we are not visiting them. And we feel guilty because we only visited once that week. So we, we have in our society just built in this idea that we need to be doing more or we're not good enough. And sometimes as adults, somebody will say, I'm just worn out and I'm just tired. And another adult will tell them, well, you need to be more grateful when really it is just as simple as creating that space of being like, yeah, that's that sucks. <laughs> that's hard. And it makes sense why you would feel that way. That's that that validation of just knowing that we're not crazy <laughs> is a lot. It's a really big part, huh? Yeah. Another thing is like I wasn't I, I felt like if I I couldn't protect my sister, even though she wasn't being threatened. If I was being threatened and she was in the situation, I just felt this need to protect because like it's just like if a mother jaguar were to be threatened by a wolf, like hunted down, they she'd also try to protect her cubs because they're also a part of the situation. If she were to die, the cubs were to die too. So I was being threatened by a wolf and <laughs> uh, I couldn't protect my cubs, even yeah. though they're obviously my mom's <laughs> daughter. And um, that's a good point, too, of just realizing your protective nature over your siblings, that same emotion started to arise to help yourself protect yourself, right? Where you were like, but this is how I would treat her if she was being the one to told to, she had to share more that what she already did wasn't enough, right? Um, yeah, like if I were to spread that example, like, okay, I'll share, then it would and then I would also get that idea of that she'd have to share and um, or maybe she'd just see me and like, oh, I need to share more often. I need to do what the adults say. And so I I didn't want that for my sister, even though I wasn't constant. I wasn't consciously thinking about these things. I wasn't consciously like, OK, but this could happen. This could happen like. Right now, I was just in the fight of the wolf and the jaguar. Yeah, like, it felt like you had to fight in, instead of, like, you had to defend yourself, your your position and everything, right? But, okay, I have this question, though. Um, when, how has this situation helped you with your siblings? Because do you always treat your little siblings perfectly? Definitely not. <laughs> and so how has this helped you when, for example, your little brother is trying to get something done and you think he should do it a different way? How has that helped you to treat him better? Um. Well, yeah, like I'll ask them to share their things so much. I do have that like older feeling like, okay, but I am older. Please do this because I said so. So uh, and I don't like that. And so um, I, when I remember that, oh, right, I remember how this feels when an older person tells that to me, it helps me go back to them and say, I'm sorry, you don't have to do that. Um, continue with what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. And you're really good at it too. 
Um, the other thing though, that I wanted to talk about is how to say this with, no, no, this is, this is how I'm going to say it. Okay. When I've seen over and over with Emery and with our other kids that when we give them the space that they actually do have the agency and it's not, yeah, you can choose whether or not you're going to share, but if you don't share, we're going to be disappointed in you (laughs) where it is actually okay. Um, Yeah, it is yours. You get to decide and you're not going to be punished if you choose something different that so often they actually shine through. They actually are like, they, you can see them kind of relax and breathe where they don't have to feel like they need to defend their position. And then they feel like, okay, now that this is coming from me and I'm not forcing it, now I actually feel like I can show people how kind I am. <laughs> I can show people that I want to share and that I want to help others out, right? Mm-hmm. And another big thing, like even if it was the other person's toy, like if you force them to share it with them because it is their toy, they sh- like it, they need to have rights over their toy. Yes, that is true. But like, um, don't just like if they say no, like what, maybe even if you ask nicely five times and like saying, no, I don't want to share it. And yes, it is their toy, but like if you swipe it from them, uh, I have started asking the other person to just be patient, like to just wait. And soon they, my like my brother and my younger sister is usually not the one I was talking about earlier, but she's the three-year-old. So uh, she'll have something of Easton's and, have, and like his trucks, and he doesn't want her to play with those right now. So I... So I'll try asking her, but she'll say no. But I don't want her to cause a fight. So I say, wait to bud. And then, like, I don't know, five minutes later, she drops it. Five seconds even. Yeah, just just allowing you to have that space. I've noticed you being able to figure out more problem solving of how to help others have that space. So in that example that Emery was sharing, a lot of the time our little guy will be <laughs> after um, our littlest one, Tavery, and be screaming at Tavery of like, just give me my toy, give me my toy. And in quick recession where she doesn't even have time to think or really process what's happening. And I've seen Emery now go over and be like, but just wait for a moment. I Like she's thinking and just giving her that space. Sometimes she doesn't do it sweetly. Sometimes she throws the toy at him, but she does like, she is putting those pieces together where she has the ability to choose and it doesn't have to be by force. That has been a huge thing to just realize the more I give space to one of them, the more they find ways to give space to their siblings. That's been really cool. Yeah. And so there's also like, if she drops it, like if she goes somewhere else, but then Easton, she finds Easton playing with that toy or putting it away. She like, gets mad but I know that we weren't forcing it wasn't like wrong what we did it was just and then there's space for her to be mad huh uh-huh and then I because I get really upset when 
like it screams not because I think it's bad but just because my mind basically explodes in my head I have to go somewhere and throw my head in the pillow <laughs> so um and sometimes I'll just write write like Q-R-T-S or something, something that doesn't even mean anything to blur my vision. I was talking with my mom about this earlier anyway, so uh, but I know that I wasn't doing anything wrong, and so I am able to make me feel much calmer in the screaming and go somewhere else where I can't hear it, and I can still play, still not feel bad, just like, okay, she's screaming. Hmm. I love that. Okay, so Amory, now I'm going to ask you one thing that kids can start doing to feel that way if adults aren't providing that space for them what's one way that kids can start providing that space for themselves well i think show their opinion say no but if they're forcing them and it's okay to give them that win um i mean it hard and I definitely wouldn't enforce this but then you can go somewhere else where you're not being tracked down and you can think about how to do it maybe to explain to them that that wasn't okay that it hurt you and then or just like okay I have a different exact same or, or same toy just like that one or just like a calm, refreshing moment, and then continue playing with something else because you're like, eh, I didn't want to play with that toy any longer. I just felt like I was being forced. So go on your way. So what I'm hearing a lot is like validating yourself, being being willing to let yourself validate yourself, even if adults won't. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what validate means, but I'm pretty sure. Like reaffirming. (laughs) yourself of okay this was this wasn't the right way just because an adult acted this way doesn't make it the right way yes um just talking to yourself and confirming that you're not a terrible person basically yes okay and then for adults those who are wanting to create that space and and know that you have that kind of environment in your home where your kids do feel like they can tell you and that they can have that ability to um, stand up for themselves in their own head and in their own lives. I would invite you to just start paying attention to all of the times where you feel the need to save them, feel the need to, when they're crying to save it, when they're fighting to stop it, when they're um, frustrated to teach them that that's inappropriate behavior. Pay attention to all the times where their emotion is a signal to you to change what's happening. And just notice, after you notice that, notice how many triggers that you have of stepping in and fixing them, fixing the problem. Ask yourself, would that help you if one of your friends responded the same way that you're responding? If you showed frustration, um, does it help you when a friend steps in and says, uh, don't do it that way? That's not the right way. Or you just need to calm down or tries to explain to you why you're wrong. And anyways, that's my invitation to you. The more that you just notice all of the triggers that you have of I need to step in and I need to fix this and then notice like, okay, if I do that, would it help me? Would it help me feel 
seen? Would it help me feel validated? Would it help me feel like I can trust this human? You'll start to be able to see the own ways of reacting and it gets rid of more and more this idea of what you should do or shouldn't do and how's best to respond. What And it's really cool. I, I love our brains. I love the capacity that we have as humans. And it's really been fun to see Emery and her little siblings be able to have that own capacity already as young kids to stand up for themselves. And yeah, so let us know if you have any questions there. Um, you can find us at Insta or wandahoward.live at Instagram and on Facebook. If there's more of this conversation that you would like to know more and you have like, okay, this sounds good, but what about this? And how does this work? And what if they're defiant towards you? Let us know. And we'll talk about that too. Cause there's definitely been some times that Emery where I want you to do something and you're defiant, right? And you're like, uh, no, I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> yes. And, and we've had to figure out how to get, um, making sure that we're both being respectful and we're both responding right ways and, um, not forcing the other person to do things. Right? Yes, there is still definitely going to be that. <laughs> yeah. But... But because we now have the tools, those those points aren't scary. They're just something to figure out. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not scary to me. <laughs> okay, well, we'll see you all next time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you again for being a part of our podcast family and for the difference you are making right now in the world and in the walls of your own home. If you're wanting to support parents everywhere, you can do that by leaving a rate and review. This helps so many find connection and answers they are searching for. Also, don't forget to go to WandaHoward.com and get your own free parenting blueprint. I love you all and we will see you next time.